Welcome to Health Essentials, a Cleveland Clinic podcast. There's so much health advice floating around, online, among friends, but who can you really trust? Trust the experts. Listen to the world's brightest medical minds, our very own Cleveland Clinic experts. We ask them real questions, tough and intimate health questions, and we get real answers, all originally recorded live. Hi, thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Nada Youssef, and today we have Dr. Holly Thacker, Professor and Director of the Center for Specialized Women's Health in Cleveland Clinic. She's also the Executive Director for Speaking of Women's Health, and today we're taking your questions regarding menopause. Before we get started, please remember this is for informational purposes only and not intended to replace your own physician's advice. Thank you so much for coming in today. Thanks for having me. <laughs> thank you. Did you want to introduce yourself a little bit to our viewers? Well, I specialize in menopause and hormone therapy and female sexual function and breast cancer survivorship and treatment of medical um, causes of urinary leakage. So lots of areas that are important to women across different disciplines. Great. Thank you. Okay. Well, today, again, we are talking about menopause. And as we all know, it is not a disease, but uh, more of a natural decline in the reproductive hormones as a woman reaches her 40s or her 50s. So basically, your ovaries stop producing hormones and you start getting symptoms how early on for menopause? It, well, it can vary quite a bit. Um, it is a, a natural condition, but just like pregnancy is natural, you can die in childbirth. So right. we don't want people to suffer with menopause. And not all women that are in menopause are low on hormones, but some are. And those that are low can have symptoms like hot flashes, trouble sleeping, vaginal dryness, bone loss, mood symptoms, maybe not thinking as clearly, word finding difficulties. So it can be very variable. So it's a natural event, but in some women it is a hormone deficiency that needs to be treated. Not all, but okay. certainly some. Okay, great. Thank you. Well, let's start with some, uh, we have some pre-submitted questions from our viewers. Okay. Um, I'll start with Patricia. Um, I've been having hot flashes for 10 years now. My doctor says I will continue to have them for the rest of my life. Is this really true and why? Well, not all women flash, but some women can flash their whole life. Uh, most women just flash a few years. It isn't good to flash. There's a lot of changes in uh, brain blood flow. So it should be treated. And we have great hormonal options, which are safe and effective. And Patricia, we have non-hormonal options too. So you should not suffer. And women who have hot flashes who don't get them treated have more doctor visits, higher health cost, and lost work productivity. Wow. All right. Thank you so much. And we have Carol. Um, if you've had a hysterectomy, is there any way of knowing that you've gone through menopause, especially if you don't experience hormonal changes like hot flashes? That's a good one. Carol, that's a great question because mm -hmm. lots of women up to one in three have had hysterectomy so they don't have a bleeding pattern. Mm. Starting in the late 40s, um, your physician should probably do a yearly hormone test with an FSH and an estrogen level because you want to know when you do go into menopause. It's not something you go through, you go into it, meaning your body doesn't make estrogen anymore. And half of women lose bone, half to up to 70-80% can have changes in the vagina and bladder. And so even if you don't have hot flashes, you want to know what your hormone status is. Sure. So you would say that you would start checking on your hormones when you start in your 40s? Late, probably late 40s. Late 40s? The, 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 um, most of the range is between 45 and 55 that women stop their period. Mm -hmm. Some as early as 40, 1% under age 40, which is definitely premature and not normal and needs to be evaluated. Mm -hmm. And some women can, you know, menstruate and ovulate into their late 50s. Right. So until you go one whole year without a period 
and are diagnosed in menopause, there is still a rare chance, you know, for ovulation even into the 50s. Wow, very interesting. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. And jumping on to Jane, um, is it true that menopause can cause a change in a woman's voice? Uh, yes, Jane, oh. it can. Mm -hmm. And so if you're an opera singer and you make your living on your voice, you don't want to lose that upper register. And when women go into menopause and lose estrogen, they still usually make the same amount of testosterone. Mm -hmm. So the ratios change and become a little more masculine. So that's why some women have a deeper voice, a few chin whiskers, a little bit of receding hairline. So... Um, that can be a concern, and it's easily treated as long as we um, balance out the hormones and give you the estrogen back. Great. And do you want to talk about some of the treatments that, that we offer? Yes. Um, you know, we've been prescribing hormone therapy for over 70 years. It's very well studied. There are so many myths and misconceptions. It's generally very safe and effective. Um, there's a lot of fear about menopause and hormones, mm -hmm. and that's such a shame because women don't need to be fearful. And uh, usually estrogen is, is the, the main hormone that needs to be replaced. If you have a uterus, we balance it with progesterone or something to protect the uterus. Mm -hmm. um, most women don't need testosterone, but for those women who've had both their ovaries removed with bilateral oophorectomy, many times do. Um, some women feel great and don't need any hormone replacement therapy initially. Maybe later they might. And for those women who can't or won't take hormones, but have hot flashes or bone loss or sexual function symptoms, we have lots of non-hormonal options, so you don't need to suffer. Great. And then Wendy has kind of a follow-up. Is it good to have a little testosterone in your hormone replacement therapy mix? Well, we women actually have more testosterone than estrogen on a gram-per-gram -gram basis in the body. It's not just the male hormone or the female hormone. Um, it, the ratios are very important. Now, men have 10 times the testosterone women have, and so if you have too much testosterone and over several years period, you can have abnormal hair growth, um, hair loss. So it's very important when using testosterone in women that the person prescribing it knows what they're doing. Mm -hmm. A lot of compounded, unregulated hormones in these anti-aging clinics, um, they may make someone transiently feel better, but I've seen a lot of disaster cases. Sure. So sure. you really need someone who is just not selling you something, who's truly an expert in it and knows how to assess and measure. Very good advice. Thank you. And then I know you talked about whiskers earlier, but Samantha's asking, is the facial hair that is starting to grow to be blamed on menopause? Um, it depends. It certainly, it could be. Um, it also could be genetic. Some mm -hmm. women just tend to have more hair, and luckily we have laser and we have Vanica cream and electrolysis. So there's a lot of things that can be done cosmetically. Sure. But it could be uh, certainly a reason to see your physician and have your adrenal hormones, testosterone, estrogen, FSH levels checked. Okay, great. And then we have uh, Ellen. Uh, been in it for eight years. How long will does it last? Hot flashes start in the middle of my back and up from there. I am in nomads and no hormones. Well, you shouldn't be suffering. You should get some treatment. Um, we have a wonderful free treatment guidebook on menopause that anyone can download on our speakingofwomenshealth.com site. Um, we have lots of information on non-hormonal treatments as well as hormonal. Great. But most women try to avoid the hormonal treatments because they think it's so risky, and that's just not the case. And most postmenopausal women, if you draw their estrogen level, it's lower than a man their own age's estrogen wow. level because men don't lose their sex hormones and testosterone gets converted to estrogen. That's why you don't see as many men with osteoporosis, whereas one in two women after age 50 will have osteoporosis. Wow. And it's directly linked to the loss of hormones. Very interesting. Okay, great. Thank you.
And let's see, are, um, Amanda asks, are there any home remedies for hot flashes? Well, certainly we recommend that you keep your bedroom about 65 degrees to keep it cool. Mm -hmm. Avoid, you know, caffeine, spicy foods. Also, not all hot flashes are from menopause. They can be from thyroid disorders or other conditions or other medications. So it's really important to get evaluated. Sure, sure. Great. And mm -hmm. Candace, sex is becoming unbearable due to pain and vaginal dryness. What to do? Well, when a woman enters menopause, it's kind of like reverse puberty. Losing all the hormones, the vagina kind of goes back to a pre-pubertal state. And the vagina and the external genitalia and the base of the bladder all have very high concentrations of estrogen receptors. So when there's no more estrogen, those tissues tend to shrivel up. And local treatment is very safe and effective, does not have systemic effects. We have non-hormonal options by pill. Mm -hmm. Women can also take... We also have vaginal DHEA, which is now available, which um, does not have any um, estrogen or testosterone, but stimulates the own body's uh, cells in the vagina to make those hormones mm. to get the tissue healthy. So do not wait until things are very painful, because then if you do, even when we treat the thin lining and make it healthy again, which we can do usually within a month, sometimes the muscles of the vagina go into a spasm because they remember the painful sexual activity. So it's very important to be proactive. Once your periods stop, you know, you need to talk to your women's health physician about, you know, how does the tissue look? You know, do you notice any dryness? Are you having bladder irritability or more bladder infections? That can be signs of not enough estrogen in the genital tract. Now, if someone's on birth control and they don't get their menstrual periods and you're saying just even at the end of your 40s to always get checked to get even checked. if you don't have your period for if, a while. If you're on birth control pills, even low dose birth control pills, yes. which are a great option for perimenopause because who wants to bleed and have hot flashes and PMS sure. and oh. all that jazz, right? <laughs> um, so as long as you don't smoke and you don't have blood clots or, or some other reason why you couldn't take a low dose of hormonal contraception, mm -hmm. women can take that well into their 50s and then choose, like not the week before their daughter's wedding, right. of when to stop the pill to see. But if you're taking a, a hormone pill every day, for most women, not all, but most women, that's enough to keep the vagina healthy. Great. Thank you. And then we have questions coming in. I have Julie. Um, do you think there's any natural ways to reduce or eliminate postmenopausal symptoms like hot flashes or moodiness? And I know we talked a little bit about the hot flashes. You know, what I say about um, hormones, if you were really low in insulin, like with type 1 diabetes, you got to take insulin or get mm -hmm. a new pancreas. Mm -hmm. We're not in the business yet in 2017 of giving ovary transplants. Right. So when you don't have estrogen anymore, you need to replace that. Or you need to use something that affects the estrogen receptor, which by and large are prescription medications. Mm -hmm. Now, we do use low doses of medicines like uh Paroxetine or Brisdel, which are FDA-approved to treat hot flashes that are not hormones that reset the thermostat in the brain. Mm -hmm. So for people with estrogen-positive cancers who at the moment can't take hormones, sure. that's an option. Sometimes we'll use judicious uses of sleeping medications or uh, gabapentin, Neurontin, um, and other off-label medications to help uh, women not have those marked flashes. But those flashes are a warning sign that you need to be evaluated. Sure. And even if you don't have hot flashes, what's the bone status? You might need a bone density if you've been a couple years into menopause. What does the vagina look like? How is the bladder functioning? Mm -hmm. What is sexual function like? So, and that should be evaluated periodically. Okay, and speaking of hot flashes, I have Patty. Will a thyroid condition mask hot flashes? Generally, a thyroid condition won't mask it, but if the thyroid is off, that certainly inter interacts with the other hormones in the body. Um, women who are on medications 
that are SSRIs or NSRIs, which are anti-anxiety, antidepressant medicines. Sometimes we use them for pain, mm -hmm. migraine, fibromyalgia. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons we use that class of medicine. Sure. Many of those women on those medicines don't flash, and then they think, oh, I'm fine. I see. But they don't realize that maybe their levels are low and they're losing bone, their skin and mm -hmm. hair might be changing, uh, other tissues may be affected. So that's why it's, it's, it's complicated sure. and important to get evaluated. And Patty has a follow-up question. I uh, took estrogen for years after hysterectomy and I felt great. Now I'm off of it and I feel terrible. What else can I do? Um, well, I would say, why are you off of it? There's no time limit. I have women in their mid-90s still on estrogen. Oh, interesting. In fact, um, I'm part of a nonprofit called Advancing Health After Hysterectomy. Aha. Mm -hmm. And it's a group of physicians, researchers, um, health educators, uh, wanting to get the word out to women, their doctors, the media, the press, that if you've had a hysterectomy and you're under 65, you should be on estrogen, mm -hmm. generally, because there's less death. There's less breast cancer, there's less heart disease, wow. less Parkinson's, less dementia. So, um, and if you're over 65, we just tend to use lower doses or instead of oral, which can increase the risk of stroke, one extra case per thousand women, we may use transdermal patches or gels. So it, just because you've lived long enough to live to your age, congratulations, but you don't need to suffer. So don't ever get off of it. There's no age limit where There's you no should get off of it. We don't have any age limit of, oh, you've been on blood pressure medicines for 10 years. Yeah. Oh, you've been on your thyroid pill for eight years. Yeah. No, yeah. no. Very good. Okay, yeah. great. This There's this fixed thought that you have to be off in a certain a period of time. Sure. And that is totally wrong, and it's totally antiquated. All right. Okay, well, let's... So uh, don't suffer. Don't suffer. <laughs> and we have uh, Laura. When will I start menopause? I'm 60. What's a normal age? Uh... If you're still having your periods at 60, I would see a physician because just because you're bleeding doesn't necessarily mean it's a period. period yeah. So it'd be pretty unusual to not be in menopause by age 60. You might be, you might have great ovaries, <laughs> but um, I would be checked, I would be checked. Now, if your periods have stopped and you don't have any symptoms, that's great, but yearly exams to look at the vagina and certainly by age 65, get a bone density. Okay, so speaking of no symptoms, is is there actually a lot of cases of women going through menopause without any symptoms at all? Well, usually people who feel great and have zero symptoms, they're generally not in my practice. <laughs> but I, I have seen certainly same. women, and um, there are some women whose ovaries still make precursor hormones, mm -hmm. and their genetics and diet are such, and they have very good adrenal glands, which sit on top of your kidneys that make mm -hmm. precursor sex hormones. So, you know, there is a group of women who don't flash, whose bones are fine and sex life is wow. fine, awesome. but they generally don't come to see me. Yeah, <laughs> well, that would make sense. <laughs> okay, and we have Stacy. Are you saying that a complete blood test is necessary to figure out what is going on, hot flashes, hair loss, to determine if it is estrogen loss or a thyroid issue? Uh, well, that's really got a lot of things in it. Yeah. Um, we like to examine a woman because looking at the woman, looking at her hair, listening to her heart, feeling her thyroid, looking at the vagina, um, getting a bone density if needed, getting selected blood work, all of that helps us look at the whole entire picture. Sure. There's not just one single test. And the FSH or blood test that is usually very high when a woman has no more eggs, um, still later can come down if the person still has eggs. So when you're in the perimenopausal time frame, sometimes the hormone tests only help you for those few minutes in time that you draw the blood. Mm. Um, with hair loss though, not only do we check thyroid and estrogen, but also, what's your vitamin D level? Vitamin D helps hair. 
and skin and bone? What is your iron level? What is your zinc level? Are you getting high quality protein? And we have a lot of information about hair and skin and beauty on our Speaking of Women's Health website. Sure, and diet contributes big time to hair loss. Yes, especially having high quality protein is very important. So you are what you eat. Yeah, yeah, heard that many times. (laughs) And then I have Susan. What about a hysterectomy with ovaries still present? How do you know when to see if you need to be checked or have hormone replacement? That's a great question because it's, it's good to try to keep your ovaries up to at least age 65 unless okay. you have the BRCA gene or a family history of, of breast and ovarian cancer or there's something wrong with the ovaries. But when you take out the uterus and the tubes and clamp the blood flow, even though the ovaries are still in place, sometimes within a couple of years they don't function as well. So um, if you don't have any symptoms starting in the late 40s, by early 50s, I would start getting a blood test to see. Because okay. you do want to date when you are in menopause. Yeah, when you're starting to feel the symptoms. And the reason why it's important to know when you go into menopause, some women may be 40, some may be 58. Mm -hmm. That's a big age range. Is because most of the benefits of the hormone therapy in terms of the brain and the vascular system are most beneficial if you start within six years of menopause, certainly no later than 10 years. Now, the vagina and the bone, regardless of the age, get benefit. But in women who go more than 10, 15, 20 years of being low in estrogen, their estrogen receptors change in the body. Mm -hmm. And then when you give back estrogen, and you're talking about somebody in their 70s or 80s who have not been exposed to estrogen, that's the group of women that can have an increased risk of heart attack and stroke or memory loss. And you read all that stuff on the package label, and so you're some 40 or 50-something-year-old woman thinking, oh, I don't want a heart attack, stroke, dementia. And it's really different ages. So dating yourself not just by your chronologic age, but your hormonal age is very important. So based on everybody's symptoms could be different. And based on your symptoms, your menopause could go for years. It could go 10, 20 years long, the actual menopause symptoms going Uh, through the 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 symptoms uh, can be very variable, and then some women can last you know, indefinitely. And once you're oh, wow. in menopause and you're not making eggs, mm-hmm. you're, you're, that's it. Your body's just Yeah, and, and this thought about, well, I already went through it and I'm out. Ah. You know, you don't go to a location and drive back home. I mean, I you know, the ovaries have stopped making eggs, stopped cycling. So it's just that period of time. But there's an early postmenopausal phase in the first five years and a late postmenopausal phase. Okay. And then, of course, the geripause, you know, in people that are of advanced age. Okay. And so it's important to not just look at chronologic age but hormonal age. Great, great. Thank you. And I have Michaela. Most of my friends always describe their hot flashes as intense and severe. Mine is not all that bad. Is that normal? Yes, that's great. (laughs) Not everybody's brains are wired to flash. Mm -hmm. So um, that's great if you don't have symptoms, but you still have a 50-50 chance of losing bone density uh, when you stop your periods or you lose your estrogen. And a lot of women do have changes in the vagina, and it's so much better to treat it sooner rather than later. We don't want any painful sexual um, sensations. Sure, sure. And then we have Jane. What age can I stop drugs for menopause if I still have symptoms? I'm 72 years old. Uh, Well, at any age that a woman stops hormone therapy, if that's what you're talking about, hormone Mm -hmm. therapy, there's a 50-50 chance of having symptoms. So 50% chance you will, 50% chance you won't. Nothing special about weaning off or anything. If you're using non-hormonal agents for uh, your hot flashes, um, we don't have as good a data on that, but we would generally recommend that you would wean off over a span of a few weeks if it's a non-hormonal agent. And again, if you're not on medications, for menopause, check the bone, check mm-hmm. the vagina. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, great. And then uh, jumping on to Chloe, I went into perimenopause at 39. My doctor had me go on birth control for five years to continue my periods. Was that necessary or could I have just gone into menopause at a younger age? Well, the younger someone goes into menopause, usually the shorter the lifespan and the higher risk of medical problems. Okay. And especially if you're under the age of 40, it's, it's a lot more concerning for severe osteoporosis, psychiatric problems, uh, neurologic issues, increased cardiovascular disease. So it was good that your, your physician identified that you needed some treatment. Um, women don't have to have periods. Uh, in fact, nowadays, we, we pretty much oftentimes give women hormones every day continuously. So there's no cycle. So sure. there's no bleeding. Sure. So migraine headaches don't get worse. Um, so women don't have to bleed on hormone regimens. Okay, great. And then uh, we have uh, Maria. Now that I've begun menopause, should I be concerned about birth control? Yes. <laughs> Until you go a whole year without a period, preferably being over 51, the typical age or average age of menopause, there's still a rare chance for ovulation. Mm -hmm. So if you were using contraception, we would recommend to continue that. Okay. Great. Until it's absolutely clear that there is no more eggs left. That is the safest thing. And after teenage women, women in their late 40s, early 50s are the next most common group to be surprised with unintended pregnancy. Oh, so that's very important. interesting. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Um, and then Wendy is asking, who's the best professional to determine the right mix of hormones? Can most gynecologists handle it or does it require a specialist? And who would that specialist be? Well, it depends. There's lots of OBGYNs that are, are very comfortable in treating menopause, and mm -hmm. then there's others that are pretty much doing surgery or delivering babies. Just like there can be some primary care doctors that have expertise in menopause. Um, and so it really kind of just depends. And I think asking your healthcare provider, do they feel comfortable? Would they be more comfortable for you to see someone else? Um, is, is a good question to have with your doctor. Sure. Great. And then we have uh, Paula. Uh, any effective and natural ways to get through menopause symptoms? Um, well, you know, natural is kind of like a loaded word. I mean, lots of things are natural, like hurricanes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so so natural is not necessarily better. Yeah. And um, replacing hor the hormones, estrogen, I mean, we can use bioidentical hormones. Okay. So um, I think in terms of just what are good hygienic lifestyle issues, like eating right, getting regular sleep, sure. exercising, that goes a long way to reducing health risk and helping you feel better. Okay, great. Thank you. And Lana, is hormone re replacement therapy safe? I know we talked about for, this. For most women, hormone therapy is safe mm -hmm. and it's effective. The most, com the most serious um, side effect with hormones is the rare risk of blood clot. But if you had a baby, you've had a C-section maybe, or surgeries, or you've taken the birth control pill, you're probably not in that risk. Now, if you do have a risk of blood clot and you've personally had one or someone in your family's had one, then we don't generally use oral estrogen. We would usually only use transdermal and we would, would maybe do some things differently. Okay, perfect. And for women that don't have hot flashes, but maybe their bones are a little bit thin or they're sure. worried about breast cancer risk, we have a class of medications called SERMs or mm -hmm. estrogen agonist antagonist. They're not estrogen, it's not hormone therapy, but it does act on some of the estrogen receptors and helps the bone, some help the vagina, some reduce breast cancer risk actually. Great. So um, even if you're not on standard hormone therapy, um, there are they're other hormones. options. Perfect. And we also have designer hormones too. That designer hormones. Designer estrogens, um, which help to reduce some of the common side effects like breast tenderness or abnormal bleeding, things that tend to turn women off to hormone therapy. Oh, very interesting. Very good to know. Thank you. And uh, I have uh, Rachel. Sex has become painful since menopause. What can I do? 
Well, it's important to have an exam mm -hmm. because um, most likely it's from vaginal atrophy or the so-called genital syndrome of menopause. Uh, but it could be caused from an infection or a skin condition like lichen sclerosis or muscle spasm. Um, so it's very important to get an exam by someone who can, you know, find out what the cause is. And we have local treatments, we have systemic treatments, but nobody should suffer with those symptoms. Now, vaginal dryness is also a symptom to menopause, correct? Yes. So something just like a natural, like a not natural, but lubricant would, would work, correct? Well, you can certainly use moisturizers or lubricants, um, and there's several, there's water-based ones. In general, we don't like any mineral oil, but olive oil or vitamin E or coconut oil would be fine okay. as a moisturizer lubricant and is generally inert. Um, sometimes these lubricants can affect the pH of the vagina, which can sure. affect infections. But anything that you put on to just moisturize or lubricate might temporarily make you feel better, but it doesn't change the integrity. Right. And um, if women could see the dramatic changes that happen to the, to the estrogen-sensitive tissue in the vagina, mm -hmm. I, do, I think that they would want treatment to keep that tissue sure. healthy. Sure. Great. Thank you. And we can easily see that on exam awesome. and treat it. So get a get an exam, right? Mm -hmm. That's the first thing you want to do. All right, and we have Linda. I will be 80 in a few months. Great. I still have all my female organs. My doctor told me I no longer need to have a pap smear. What is your opinion? Well, the pap smear is a screen for cervical cancer. It's one of our best cancer screens. And if you have always had normal pap smears and you don't have HPV or HIV AIDS or your mom didn't take DES hormones, mm -hmm. that after age 65, if you've had a reproductive lifetime of normal PAPs, you don't need that scrape of the cervix. Okay. But every couple of years, we like to do an exam. Look at the health of the tissue. Feel the organs. Check your muscle strength. Have you do a Kegel. Make sure there's no prolapse. Mm -hmm. Ask about leaky bladder. Ask about your sexual function. So a lot of women equate the yearly PAP, even though they're not necessarily getting the scrape, with a, a yearly check on being you know, a female. Mm -hmm. And so... Regardless of your age, you're always a female and need periodic checks and contact with your healthcare provider. Great. And then uh, we have time for one more question here. I have Brandy. Uh, what about hormone pellets? Are they safe? Well, pellets, um, putting hormone underneath the skin is, is not FDA approved. Mm -hmm. A lot of places uh, are doing it, and I see problems with it because you get elevated levels above the normal range. Oh. So they start out low, go really, really high, sometimes too high, and then start to crash. And then when they come down, the woman gets like withdrawal-like symptoms. So it's not really an addiction like to nicotine right. or opiates or something like that, but it, it, there is this tachyphylaxis, and I see women use more and more and more hormones. So I do not recommend that. We have pills, patches, gels, sprays, vaginal rings. We have lots of different ways to give women a constant level of whatever the right hormone that they need. How are pellets uh, placed in your body? You said underneath the underneath skin? Underneath the skin. And, you know, women are used to having, like, contraceptive devices, yeah, like Implanon put yeah. under the skin, um, but... Uh, I do not recommend pellets. Okay, great. Thank you. Okay, well, um, that's all the time we have for today. But before I let you go, is there anything you want to tell our viewers? Don't be fearful. Uh, don't get your menopause information, you know, from, you know, your next door neighbor. <laughs> they may be well-intentioned. Even your own doctor may be well-intentioned but not, not informed. So if you, we want you to be strong and be healthy and be in charge and get the right information. So go on our speakingwomenshealth.com site, download our free treatment guidebooks, ask the nurse questions, see where our, our latest breaking health news, our columns are. Sure, sure, great. 
Well, thank you so much for coming in and, and make sure you keep following us on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram at Cleveland Clinic One Word. And thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. This concludes this Cleveland Clinic Health Essentials podcast. Thank you for listening. Join us again soon.